Hello, everyone, and thank you for all the support that you gave on episode one of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast, and thank you for joining us for episode two. In the trailer, I mentioned that you would have the opportunity to hear from uh, our pastors through this podcast, and today I'm excited that I'm joined by Hunter Wilkerson, our student pastor here at Trinity Baptist Church. And Hunter and I actually just got ba- just got back from our spring break mission trip up to Provo, Utah, and it was an incredible trip. It was an exhausting trip. It's a lot of driving, but it is so cool to watch the Lord work in the lives of our high school and our college students. And so, Hunter, I'll just ask you to start out. What are some takeaways that you have from the trip to Provo? Well, first of all, Zach, I want to thank you for having me on the podcast today, and thank you to the listeners, all who are listening. Uh, But regarding Mission Provo, I think you stated it best. First off, it was exhausting. It was was physically exhausting in the fact that driving 13 and a half hours with vans full of high school and college students up to Provo and back. Um, If you know our high schoolers, we love them, but they're a hassle sometimes. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree. Exactly. (laughs) No, I love them. But between the physical exhaustion, it's just spiritual exhaustion because going to talk with the LDS community up there and to really reach out to people who think and believe that they have a true gospel, whereas they're following a false gospel because their their theology of grace, their theology of Christ is wrong. And seeing our students grow in their own knowledge of the gospel themselves, to, uh, how to articulate it, how to present it, and them being encouraged and emboldened to go up to a college student right next to a BYU or UVU campus and to really engage and just ask hard questions to the students and and ask the uh, LDS community there the hard questions. And for them to articulate that, for them to be bold in that aspect, that really encouraged me seeing the Lord work in our ministry out of that. So yes, it was physically exhausting, but overall the spiritual enlightenment that came out of this trip truly overwhelmed that aspect of it. Um, So now it's just a matter of we're just praying that the students would take what they learned in Provo and would really bring that back to Amarillo and would have that boldness here. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I love about the Provo trip last year and this year is getting to watch our students realize that they know the gospel Mm -hmm. and that they can share their faith. Yes. Because initially everyone is terrified to go out, and there's a lot of nerves. Um, But once I always tell them the first conversation is the the hardest one. Mm -hmm. And, And once you have that first one and break that ice, I think that they really, you can see the Holy Spirit really start to work and, uh, move so that they're excited to go back out. And uh, by the end of the week, usually it's, uh, you know, there's students who we can't hardly keep from going out to talk to these college students about the gospel. And so yeah. it's it's a neat thing to experience. Um, well, let's get into a short interview uh, just so that the people can get to know you a little bit better. And I'm going to start out with a really difficult question, and that is, uh, what would you say is your favorite drink? Favorite drink. All right, I got two for you today. First off is coffee. I just like a straight up. Now, is that with cream? Well, I love black (laughs) coffee. I will say this. I'm weird in the sense that like if I'm sitting at home reading a book, I'll drink black coffee. But if I take it in a to-go mug, a to-go Yeti or or something like that, I will put a little bit of cream in it. I I just like flavor, but I prefer black coffee. So every morning I try to brew a a, a pot of just black coffee. And most mornings I'll drink it all. Most mornings I'll drink or some mornings I'll just drink most of it. Uh, so I just love coffee throughout the day. But my second favorite drink, being, being from East Tennessee, I love some sweet tea. 
Mm-hmm. I grew up with my dad always making some good sweet tea. And then, like, to the sense, like, he would put two cups of sugar into one gallon. That kind of sweet tea. Yeah. and We're familiar with that around here, too. Amen so. to that. <laughs> and then we moved here, and you have tea, places that specifically sell sweet tea. And we got here, and we're like, Lord, it's meant to be. Thank you. <laughs> when I was at Boyce, I would always tell people about, you know, um, Texas tea and water still and say, like, this is a place that you go, and they just have tea. Yeah. And all my friends never believe me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they just have, you have to come visit, I guess. Yeah. But one come more question, room. one more thing on the coffee. Are you to the point where you will put cream in your coffee in front of Nate McLaughlin? Absolutely. Okay. He's seen it once, so he's going to see it again. Okay. Well, and, you know, you actually caught Nate the other day, and uh, he had put some cream in his coffee. And so, there you go. Yeah. If you if all need proof, I have the picture. Yeah. We do have uh, we have evidence. So, huh. all right. Well, let's move into some uh, more serious questions. And the first one is, could you just briefly tell us your testimony? I think that our church members would love to hear the story about how the Lord saved you specifically. Okay. Absolutely. I... Growing up, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, always going to church, doing the right things, saying the, or trying to do the right things, trying to say the right things, and and just trying to have an understanding of the gospel. And when I was about seven years old, my parents ended up getting into divorce, and so that really wrecked me. Uh, I was just asking the question, why God? Why me? Why does this happen to us? Why are you breaking our family? Why? Like, what's going on? And so I kind of went into some questioning and some depression of just like, I don't know where to go in life. And so fast forward to another a year after that, when I was about eight or nine years old, my mom went on to marry my stepdad and my dad would marry my stepmom. And, and those people ended up being big spiritual mentors and figures in my life. And we really started to get plugged into a church. We moved to a different city in East Tennessee and got to plug into a church there. And so I really started to ask questions, okay, more about getting back into what is this gospel? I want to know this gospel more. So I went to the church, I went to the pastor, talked to him, prayed a prayer. I was like, okay, done. I get to go to heaven. All is good. So on and so forth. And fast forward to when I'm 13, the Lord really started convincing me of some sin that I was falling deep into. I was falling deep into some sin and going into teenage years and just really experiencing the world, getting getting closer by a few years that I can drive and do my own thing and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but then the Lord really put it on my heart that I got to learn, ask some good questions. And I went up to, we had an interim student pastor at the time, and I went up to him and asked, what does it look like to be saved? I don't, I feel like the Lord's convicting me and I know I'm not truly saved. And he said, next week we will talk about this in my office. So we he, He's probably thinking, please, Lord, let us have a student pastor by next week. <laughs> <laughs> probably. He okay. probably, probably was. But it overall ended up being a good conversation, so I'm thankful. Um, so that next week, we were in, in the youth service, and he specifically had me read out loud. He's like, Hunter, I want you to read John 3.16. So I was able to state it from memory. Everybody knows that verse. And I went to meet in his office after the youth gathering that night. And he was like, Hunter, do you know why I had you read John 3.16? I was like, no, why? He's like, because that is the gospel. Mm. And he said, that is what it means to believe in him. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, to have eternal life. And I... He was like, have you ever heard the ABCs before? And I was like, A, B, C, D, E. He's like, no, no, let me keep going. And I was like, okay. He said, admit, believe, confess. He said, what it means to be a Christian is you admit that you're a sinner. You believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And and he rose again on the third day. And you confess him as your Lord and Savior. 
And even growing up in church, I said just that simple truth. I had never heard it put in that aspect in that way. And that night I accepted Christ. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that I'm saved by accepting Christ, but I'm, I'm saying that I'm saved because he saved me that night. Mm-hmm. And I confessed him. I confessed my life to him that night. And so from there, then I started have a, going on fire for the Lord and kind of to the point I was annoying my middle school <laughs> teachers. So just right. like every assignment was about Christ and all this kind of stuff, which uh-huh. is good. But I was just on fire for the Lord. And I really started feeling him call me to missions. And I went on a Honduras mission trip for a couple of years. And then I went to San Diego on a youth mission trip and just really felt the Lord call me to missions and to plant churches. And so that's when I found Boyce. Boyce College is the undergrad at Southern Seminary, mm. and Zach and I both graduated from there. Just a shameless plug if you're looking for a college. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went in there. I found they had a global studies degree. For some people, that might be a reason to not send their kids. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's a good school. <laughs> we came out of it alive. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. So we, uh, I went into global studies program there, started following the Lord's will, and then he told me about an organization called Reaching and Teaching. International Ministries. And what Reaching and Teaching does, if you've never heard of it, is they train pastors. And the Lord started to work in my heart of just like, all these churches are being planted around the world, which is awesome, necessary. We need that. But who's going to lead them? Who's, gonna, who's going to train? Who's going to teach the people there? The Lord just really put pastors on my heart because there's people overseas who don't have the blessing or, or the money or whatever to get a theological degree or to right. get a Bible degree or no one takes it to them. So I was just really convicted for them. And convicted in that. So I started going in the direction of learning to how can I go on the overseas and train pastors. Um, and so I, that same organization, I went on an internship with them in my, the summer before my summer, summer before my senior year. was able to do an internship with them all summer and just really get a grasp of what it looks like to be on the field. And it wasn't just, okay, teaching time, which was the majority of it. But the missionaries also there wanted you to experience what does life look like? What do you do in your free time? What does it look like to do laundry? What does family time look like in a different context? All mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. All this kind of stuff. It's basically living life in that context, and and I loved it. The Ecuadorian people are just welcoming, loving, kind people. And fast forward, I jumped into seminary right after I graduated from Boyce. Uh, Heather and I ended up getting married. Uh, I met her at college, so we ended up getting married right before uh, or right after I started seminary. And then fast forward a couple more years, this past December, um, no, not this past December, that would be two Decembers ago now at this point, yep. Nate McLaughlin reached out to me, and he was like, hey, we have a student pastor position opening, your name was given to me, and the first thing I saw was Amarillo, and I'm <laughs> not going to lie, I chuckled. You didn't know about the sweet tea shops yet. So. I did not know about the sweet tea <laughs> shops yet. I chuckled, because I was like, Amarillo, Texas, like, okay, this is, this is probably a joke. Uh, not that not that they reached out to me, but like, I don't know, Lord, is this really? That's a common reaction. So okay, we don't I just blame want to you. make sure we're good. Um, so and the Lord really put it on my heart. He's like, at least give him our, what had happened. Our pastor in Louisville was the the pastor for Nate when he was in Louisville, and he was Nate's doctoral professor. Right, and he really encouraged us. He's like, I could imagine no one else better for you to you and Heather to sit under. The Nate named me McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. He's like, at least give him a call. And I give him a call, and the rest is history. I came in February to visit. actually stayed with you, Zach. Came yep. back in April in view of a call. And um, and then we moved here in June. 
so that's how the Lord's brought us here. That's like a quick synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. So here you are, you're in student ministry. Uh, maybe that's not what you initially thought that you were going to be doing. Um, if you were thinking maybe missions, but the Lord brought you here to, to this church to run our student ministry. Mm-hmm. And so the next question is, um, I'm just curious, what do you love the most about being in student ministry? There's a lot that I love about the uh, about student ministry, specifically this student ministry. And I will say this, that, yeah, I may have felt like the Lord calling us to missions, but now he's like kind of directing my heart towards students, and I would not change a thing in my life how God got, brought me here. Because if I did, then God wouldn't have brought me where we are today or where Heather and I are today. And so specifically with student ministry, I'm going to use our student ministry as an example. Yeah, I love the uniqueness and the maturity of our students. I say that, say, because coming from Ninth and O in Louisville, Kentucky, which is a seminary community, seminary church, like a lot of the students there knew their stuff. They came from seminary families. Their their pat, their mom or dad, dad was training in seminary or so on and so forth. But then we come here, and I would even say that some of these students are even more mature than any other students I've had mm. in their knowledge of the Bible and their application of the Bible and just in their conduct of life. Yeah. And so I love the maturity, but I also love the uniqueness that every student in this ministry is unique. As most people know, Ultimate Frisbee is probably the hot hot topic of this student yeah. ministry. It is a cornerstone of our student ministry here at Trinity and has been for quite quite some time. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was specifically told, I'm pretty sure when I came, someone told me, don't get rid of it, otherwise you'll make enemies. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Um, but I say in uniqueness because there's students that hate it, want nothing to part of it. There's students that absolutely love it. But that does not cross, that does not create a line or uh, a veil in between the two of, of the groups. Mm-hmm. Like they're still intertwined with one another, loving on one another, caring for one another. And I love seeing how the older students are leading the younger students. Uh, specifically on Wednesday nights, we a lot of times I try to break them up into smaller prayer groups after, or application groups after the sermon. And one of the seniors or juniors or older students will always go into a group of younger guys or girls and they will lead them in the discussion. I didn't ask them to do that. They will do that by themselves. Yeah. Um, so I just love the maturity, the uniqueness and just how fun it is. Cause you just, honestly, you don't know what to expect. And I kind of, I love that aspect about student ministry in the, in the best way possible because they keep you on your toes. They keep you make like they keep me accountable making sure that i am staying true to my convictions and my faith but also in the sense they keep me true to be ready to whatever comes in their life then i'm ready to walk through that with them Mm -hmm. Um, so and sometimes the unexpectedness of student ministry means that you're trying to sleep at 11 p.m in provo and there's a student who i will not name who is banging on the piano downstairs. Yes, <laughs> banging on the piano, and they proceeded to play the rest of the instruments in the band, to which I said no. Yeah, so there's some ups and downs there, but yeah. I think mostly ups. Yep. So. Absolutely. So let's let's do a little bit of looking forward. Uh, what is, what's something that you would love to see God do in our student ministry here at Trinity in the coming year? Absolutely. Um, us as Trinity, as Trinity Baptist Church, we exist to proclaim Christ and make disciples of those who claim Christ all for the glory of Christ. And my prayer for this year, one thing I want to see this year is to see these students grow in their discipleship and their walk with the Lord. And not just, okay, to say that they're growing in their knowledge of the Bible. That's important. 
but also to see them grow as they follow God. And I, one passage that comes to mind is Matthew 4. This semester, we are walking through Matthew 5 through 7, which is Sermon on the Mount, and what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ and to live a kingdom-oriented life. Um, but before the semester started, I taught on Matthew 4 to give a little context in Matthew 5. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw the brothers of Simon and Andrew and casting their net into the sea because they were fishermen. And so Jesus simply said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And, and Matthew 4 says that immediately they left their nets and followed him. They immediately left like their nets, their, their livelihood, everything they knew to follow Christ. And it goes on going on from there. He saw two other brothers, James and John. And with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he also called them. And immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. And so my prayer for this student ministry is that these students would follow Christ in discipleship in the aspect that they're willing to drop everything they have to follow Christ. Everything and anything they have to follow Christ. And I don't want them to forsake their faith in Christ, but I want them to follow him in the sense that when God calls us, when Christ calls us, that we immediately go. And that, just like the Bible says, like, without hesitation. Um, that's really my prayer and goal for the student ministry, to make disciples, but also make disciples who go and who follow Christ in obedience, no matter what. Yeah, our focus statement this year is <clears throat> to be fully devoted to King Jesus. And so yeah. what you're talking about is, like, wanting to see that full devotion in our students where they're willing to uh, leave everything in order to follow him yes. wherever he would uh, take them. Yeah. So I think we all want to see that for our student ministry. Amen. And uh, so one final question. We were actually just talking about how you've been here. It's coming up on a year now. It's been nine months, right? Yeah. So you've cool. been at Trinity for nine months. And so the last question here is, uh, what's one thing that you love about Trinity? The people. Absolutely the people. Obviously, the 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 goal of making disciples and following Christ is foundational everything. But Another thing aside of that that I love about Trinity Baptist Church is the people here. And when we came back in February just to come, we came basically incognito. Nate told us, hey, we're, we're going to bring you all incognito. But somehow there were still multiple people that know. It was just funny because it was not incognito. Incognito means something different in West Texas. So Absolutely. Everybody <laughs> knows everybody. And if you do not look familiar, then you are... A stranger, not a stranger, but a visitor, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the people because they were just loving and welcoming. And that was when Heather and I went back from that trip. We were sitting in our condo in Louisville and we were talking about it. We were like, the people are incredible because um, they were willing to accept us even though they just met us. They were willing to love on us and care for us. Not just because we were a student pastor or I was a student pastor candidate to come on staff, but because that's their nature. That's who they are as the yeah. people at Trinity Baptist Church. And when we came in April, same thing. People took us out for dinner. We had continuous meals. Um, if you don't know, I love to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. We and, all know, yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I love to eat. But even by that sun, that Sunday morning, I could barely eat anymore because people just kept taking us out for meals and wanting to go do stuff with us or get stuff with us. Right. And it was just... So I kept eating because I'm not going to say no, <laughs> even though Heather probably told me not to. Uh, it was just the, the presence that they had in our lives. And one thing Heather and I were talking about was in Louisville, we love our small group, our other young couples class, people our age. 
that was the people we were closest to in Louisville probably. And when we came, we were like, we are hoping and praying they have a young couples class that we can come here. And when we did, that was, I remember the first Saturday we were here, you took us out to breakfast with the young professionals class. Yep. And we met people of our same generation, of our same stage of life. And that was just another piece of the puzzle, I guess you could say, that the Lord was working out so that we would be loved and welcomed here. And he was showing us, this is what I want you to be. Mm-hmm. And ever when we got here in June, immediately, as soon as we got off out of the car, like we got in that Thursday night, Nate McLaughlin texts me and he goes, hey, I want to take you to breakfast the next morning. So I went to breakfast with Nate. And then that night, Brett and Annette Brown said, hey, I want to take you out to dinner. We went out to dinner. I believe it was that Friday night or something. Something similar to that. And then weeks on, people kept inviting us to dinner. Even to this day, last night, someone, I was talking to someone. He's like, hey, we want to have you guys over. Because the the people here are so loving and welcoming, they want to make people feel like their own, I guess you could say, as part of this church. Because Trinity Baptist Church is supposed to be an example and pointing to what does it look like to be a part of the universal church of Christ. Mm -hmm. And all that to say, I love... What I love the most about Trinity is the people because of that. Yeah. Uh, We have some great people. There's no doubt. Uh, Well, we'll wrap it up there. So uh, I appreciate you coming on and uh, answering some questions for me. I know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff you got to get ready for for this week. Yeah. So thanks for making time. And, you know, by the way, as y'all listen, if you're hearing this kind of random thumping while Hunter is talking, it's because he is a hand talker. I am. And so that's him tapping on the table and... That's uh, just a stereotypical student pastor thing, so uh, don't mind that. <laughs> ask, ask, ask the students. Yeah, when I'm at the podium teaching, it hands are everywhere. Yeah, like, Casey, I was talking to Casey right before we started recording, and he was saying he was going to come and thump on the door while we were recording. <laughs> so uh, I'll just get Casey off the hook. The thumping that you hear is not Casey. That's just Hunter doing his hand talking. So It is me this once. I cannot <laughs> confirm nor deny other times. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, see you guys for episode three and uh, it will either be an an interview with another pastor or one of our missions partners. And we look forward to that. We'll see you next time.